what happens when you shift your focus on what you want to create and who you want to create it with and then those things will still be there don't get it twisted but if you can center your focus on your mission and who you are and your purpose and bring folks along with you that are really down for supporting that um you'll get as far as you can possibly go Hello, Thrivers. Welcome back to Thrive with Sharon podcast. We're still in season three. We keep on rolling and we continue to meet some incredible human beings that are doing fabulous work out in the world and just existing in such a beautiful way. And today I have Stephanie LaFlora and she is, when I was preparing for today's conversation I was just reviewing because it's been a few months since we actually connected and scheduled this podcast and I went back and reviewed and I was like oh my god this is the reason why I was so excited to have her on the podcast <laughs> so I'm going to share a little bit about her first before I actually have her come and talk with you um but it took being rejected for service in five separate salons due to her 4c textured hair uh for Stephanie LaFleur to re to realize that something was terribly wrong with the beauty industry. Driven to solve the problems of her own customer experience and already a serial entrepreneur, and I can totally relate to that. Um, she is a storyteller, a marketer, and a creator. Stephanie uh, also founded CrowdHunt to make life easier for people with curly hair while helping under-resourced entrepreneurs uh, to thrive. Um, Stephanie has branched, I mean, talk about evergreen in the way that she approaches her life and her business. She has also had a longtime partner and friend, Ryan, uh, who has also spent uh, a, close to a decade building a multi-sided platform and working with partners to develop her own business models using her background as data-driven product development and strategy. I mean, she's just such a powerhouse and I can't wait for her to describe a little bit more about her approach to how she's creating all of these different ways to be able to serve. So Stephanie, thank you so much for coming today onto the podcast and I can't wait to talk with you about just all of the things. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, well, it's I, I'm... One of the things that I set out to do this year um, in this podcast is this is my second year with the podcast and it's really taken off. We really, it's a global audience and it's a very diverse and inclusive environment. And one of the things that I really wanted to do was as much as I love my family and my friends and my network and the people who are in close proximity to me, and I wanted to make sure that I had them on my podcast, I really was on a mission to find people who I didn't know yet that are also doing other wonderful things that we can start to connect with and understand like how you're doing, what you're doing in the world and your story behind it. So I guess the first thing is when, when was that, um, that you had that experience where you were just, I, I can't even fathom like having to go through that. Okay. Yeah, it, it was, it was a while ago actually. So, um, I moved to Colorado. I'm originally from Chicago, which I always rep. Um, but I moved to Colorado in 2013. 
So 10 years ago, actually. And that's when I uh, didn't know anybody. I was recruited by a tech company. So I was really like new to the area. didn't have people to ask, you know, who, who do you go see to get your hair styled? I was also the first black person at my company and the town Boulder, which uh, I worked in, had less than 1% black people. Why is that relevant? <laughs> right. <laughs> but why is that relevant? It's relevant because I didn't realize until that point that the way I had always found a hairstylist was through word of mouth, through other Black people in my community that I would ask, where do you go? Because it was just kind of this unspoken, unwritten rule that you just go to your own community, get your hairstyle. And I never really thought about it beyond that. That's just what I knew. So I went to a bunch of different salons that were near me that, you know, had all different types of stylists in terms of ethnicity. Um, none of them were Black. And I just thought, you know, maybe this is some type of myth. I don't know. Let me just go and get my hair styled. And that's when I was rejected from all of them. So it was like this thing that I had known you don't do, but I never challenged it. I never asked why. I never, you know, none of that. And so when I went through that experience, I realized, oh, this is why. And I ended up in a conversation with one of the owners who told me that they don't learn this in cosmetology school. And that was really the beginning of this exploration into this problem. Um, and and it took me a little while, but I finally made the leap to go after it. And uh, we launched our beta in April of this year. Oh, April. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And what did you launch? What was the product that you launched? Yeah. So Crown Hunt is a subscription for hairstylists to get continuing education on how to style curly hair. So everything from cuts to color, um, all of the above. It's a monthly subscription, very affordable uh, way for stylists to not be intimidated by curls and be able to serve every member of their community. Oh my gosh. So how has it been received? It's been received well. I think we've learned a ton um, in this process. The hair industry is changing really rapidly. And um, I'm proud that we've been one of those change makers in the industry that's really causing conversations and, and creating opportunities. Um, but we've also been learning some key things that are, are kind of leading us down the journey. Whenever you have a startup, you're constantly pivoting, learning new things and, and, and um, adopting to what you receive in terms of feedback. So one of the things that we've we've learned is that like consumer behavior is actually shifting a lot. Like post-COVID people and in a down economy, people are styling their own hair more and they do want to get connected to stylists um, that can style curls, but they also need a lot more care care and instruction for home. So that's kind of some wow. of the pathway that we're headed down is uh, looking to uh, create some really great solutions for consumers as well and not just stylists. So we're excited about that. I love that. And I'm just thinking as you're, if you're sharing that piece, I'm just thinking of TikTok, right? And how it, TikTok is kind of designed to be the hack, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever you have to go out and buy, right? <laughs> Bring yep. home to yourself and figure it out on your own or use it yourself. And so I, I think that that is an incredible trend to follow. Um, and to put it in the consumer's hands is, I think it just, it, it says that you trust and believe that we know, we know ourselves, we are here to master ourselves. It's kind of part of what we're all here on this journey for. So to master our hair, and I think it's, it doesn't matter 
women, men, or however we identify. If, if, if you have textured hair, which is more challenging just because of the resources that are not available <laughs> here, right? Um, I can imagine how that just layer upon layer can affect the person's self-esteem, their psyche, their ability to feel like they can connect. And so what was that? How, how did you discover that for yourself? I mean, and how did that show up for you? And then yeah. how you speaking into that? I, I love that question. Um, you know, it's been a journey. So I've had my hair natural for probably 15 years, maybe a little bit longer than that. So it's been a while uh, where my hair was natural. But before then, when I say natural, I mean just letting the natural curl pattern grow out of my head, like letting it be that, not straightening it. Straightening it. Yeah. Um, but prior to that, I always would straighten my hair. I had chemical relaxers in my hair and different things like that. And the journey from not going, you know, not having my hair uh, be straightened. That was its own journey. But then when I moved to Colorado and I didn't have anybody to straighten my hair suddenly, oh, wow. and I didn't, cause I got rejected from all those salons and I had to go to work on Monday. So what did I do? <laughs> you know, like I had been previously having this service done. So I went to work with my hair in a fro. That, and that was really an interesting experience for me because at the time I actually wasn't even wearing my own hair, like, and it's, it, it was natural as in not chemically straightened, but I was, I was still straightening it with like a flat iron and yeah. going to work. So that means that all of a sudden, now remember, I'm the first black person and I'm like one of the only black people in this entire town. So to like show up like that took a lot and it it, it made me realize how much emphasis in my self-perception and in what professionalism looked like had been placed on things as minute as my hair texture like that it, it was deep actually it was that's how I ended up going on this whole journey because I realized how deep it really was and I love how subversive it is because there's a lot of um you know I've been in the tech industry for a long time and in tech, people are always trying to change the world. Like that, that's like the jam. Everybody's personality type is like, I'm gonna change the world. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that come with that, including big egos. And what I like about hair is it feels totally opposite of that in terms mm -hmm. of just like, it doesn't feel deep. It feels like, you know, nice, a cherry on top. But when you really unpack the history and you unpack um, people not feeling like they can go on a date they can have their wedding, they can go to work, they can go to an interview, they can go to school with their own hair looking the way that it naturally does. That says a lot yeah. that we've created a society like that. So I like how rebellious uh, Crown Hunt is, is for the rebels. And, um, you know, hopefully over time, it won't even be rebellious. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because you're you're working to normalize things that should never have been in the position to have to be normalized. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you spoke to the history. I mean, do you have anything that you want to share as far as like historical information of like the progression of like, how did we, how did we end up putting these chemicals? Right. I mean, I, I think back, so I was born in the sixties, right? So I think back to some of my friends, I grew up and I, I love it. I grew up in a very diverse neighborhood and community. And so friends of all all different cultures and just remembering back in 
the earlier days, like the chemicals would burn the scalps, mm -hmm. right? It would, it would continue to keep going back because like you said, there was such a pressure to yeah. have a certain kind of a presentation. Yes, and that presentation was very specific. It was very Eurocentric in, in, in its characteristics. And so anybody who didn't have those characteristics naturally had to pay money, had to work hard, had to do things that were not necessarily healthy in order to be perceived in a way that was beneficial to their own life, right? Like at the end of the day, it wasn't even just about like, I want people to like me. It's like, I need a job, you know, like it's that deep. So that's why something like um, the that's why the Crown Act exists. So that's legislation that's happening right now. So we're not talking about back in the day. We're talking about 2023. Um, there's legislation called the Crown Act that's being passed. It's been passed in, I think, 16 states so far. And it, it um, prevents people from discriminating against people in work or school based on their hair because that happens. So there's kids getting sent home because their hair they're they're calling it you know unkempt hair but it's their it's literally their hair Natural the way hair. it grows out of the right. head yeah. um or you know people being rejected in job interviews or asking their employees to change um you know their hair to straighten their hair to do different things with their hair because uh they prefer that in that environment so all of these things have been you know, they communicate a message. And one of the things that I think Crown Hunt is on a mission to do, one, make life easier for people with curly hair. That's neutral, that's general. But then also disrupt this hierarchy of hair texture because Ooh. it is one. Uh, you know, so I talked about work and I talked about school and those are really big deals because those are critical parts of our society. If I can't, if I can't show up there as myself, that is a rejection that is very deep. And it also like almost mandatory. So that's that piece. But then outside of that, I think that people, their their hair products have been in, inaccessible for a really long time. Now Target and Sephora and Ulta, those places have really made changes since 2020 to be more inclusive. And so you can see a lot more hair products now that you wouldn't have seen. Like if you think about literally five years ago, if you would go to Target or any place like that, there would be an, an entire aisle dedicated to hair and there would be one shelf with curly hair products. Not That's even, it. not even, right? Like a section of a, a section shelf. of a shelf, right? Yeah. So that's also the same thing. I can't find the products. I can't find the stylist. If I do go to a salon, you didn't teach them how to do my hair. I can't get the job. I'm getting sent home from school. Like that's thorough, and it's petty because like. You know, there's a lot of different ways to tell someone that you don't want them there. And that's one of the ways that can seem subtle, but it's not. Oh, so two major things. I wrote one down because I know I'm going to forget um, so because I get so passionate. I'm just like, I'm ready. Um, so I also think because coming from my perspective, right, which is is the trauma perspective, which is basically mm -hmm. trauma is something that is, it, it's a, it's an event that causes a disruption that we cannot repair, right? Or we haven't mm -hmm. had the opportunity to repair. And like, mm -hmm. what you're talking about is you're, you're, you're presenting it in the way that you're going about it is in a very accessible way. And I love that, right? It's like, literally like shelf is right here. I can reach out and grab it type of an accessibility, right? The mm -hmm. information, the language, all of that. Mm -hmm. Yet the depth of what's behind what catalyzed that 
is, you know, your experience is so similar to millions of people that have had the same exact experience, right? 2020. I mean, we are literally, I, I don't understand. I can't fathom that we are in 2023 and we're still having these conversations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes complete sense that we are because of how deep it has been buried, right? Because no one wants to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. No one wants to be uncomfortable. And so there are just, there's such deep programming surrounding um, othering people right? Mm-hmm. And creating that hierarchical, you said it before, like the hierarchical kind of top-down power and control situation, right? Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine how, you know, like you said, it, it it's just as, it's as strong as I, I want a job, I need a job. But it's also like when you're in the job and you're working and you have a history of five years, six years, seven years, 10 years, working and providing such value, right? That you're in mm-hmm and a very important part of the team. And there is this, you know, unspoken. Mm-hmm. It's definitely unspoken. Right. People don't mm-hmm. speak out, right. When mm-hmm. you're up for promotion, right. And may, or maybe you get all of the responsibilities, but you don't get the pay or exactly. you get promotion, but there's like different pay for different people for the same mm-hmm. position. Right. And, um, I was just having a conversation with a client about this last week where there was just such um, such othering um, because of her being a minority woman in a very strong, like you said, like a very strong industry, finance industry, um, and was blatantly disrespected in the middle of a business meeting where there were people like surround, like all sitting around a table and people were handing out their cards and like, uh, one of the kind of higher ups, a man just like shoved the card back at her and was just like, I don't need your card. And wow. so, you know, wow. and nobody said anything. And so I, I, I can only imagine how that must be where you're literally living this on a certain, on certain levels and micro and macro every single day. Um, and how that affects how that affects the lens of how you see yourself and how you, that affects the lens of how you see the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, it sends a powerful message. And one of the things that makes it so powerful is how subliminal it is because what happens is it becomes this like gaslighting experience where you're feeling like something's off here. I'm not feeling like, I feel like I'm not being accepted, but it's not such a direct, obvious, um, mm-hmm error on someone's part that needs to be remedied it's more subtle than that and so all these little ingredients you know or microaggressions um combine and then you you know you can feel like wow I don't feel I don't feel like I should go for that promotion actually and you don't even know why but it's because of all of these messages that have been sent to you and so you know I think I hope the work that we're doing, uh, just if it 1% increases the, like the people who feel good about themselves as they are, then I feel like I'm doing good work. Um, but I also want to say that you got to be rebellious, man. Like <laughs> you have to be, because like I was in tech, I mean, there's a lot of conversations around diversity in tech and, um, 
happening right now, but I was in tech over 10 years ago. There were no, there were, there were very few conversations then. And, um, you know, I was the only all the time. I was the youngest often. I was often the only female and often the only minority. So in almost every room I went into, I was very unique. <laughs> and for me to establish confidence took a, a tremendous effort. Um, Toni Morrison said that the work, the I, I, I'm going to misquote it, but I'm going to get it close enough. Yeah. But like, basically, the, the primary work of racism is preoccupying your mind and making you distracted. Mm. And I believe in that. This and that's like a misquote, but that's the message. Yeah. Um, but the but I believe that that's true. I think it can be very distracting to fig try to figure out how do we remedy these things. How do we? What can I do? How can I dress? What? How should I wear my hair? When people get their hair done, they think about the meetings they have, the things that they have coming up. I worked with a woman, and this was not a black woman. She just had curly hair, and I worked with a woman who talked about how she would figure out how she was going to style, whether she was going to straighten her hair or not that day based on who she was meeting with. And that's something she thought a lot, a lot about. This was a senior person at the company. And so like these type of things preoccupy. So if I were to like <laughs> encourage anybody that was listening um, who, who deals with these things, it's like, what happens when you shift your focus on what you want to create and who you want to create it with. And then those things will still be there. Don't get it twisted. But if you can center your focus on your mission and who you are and your purpose and bring folks along with you that are really down for supporting that, um, you'll get as far as you can possibly go. Um, you know, we raised money for Crown Hunt last year. We were one in 100 black female owned companies to receive venture capital capital funding like that would have been is the stats are so and i was pregnant the stats are so crazy that like you know i could just focus on that and i'm not trying to diminish discrimination because it's a real thing and i can talk about it and i'm creating things to remedy it but i think on the internal when you're working on a goal and you're trying to overcome yourself trying to figure out the why behind that it's really not it's really not my problem that's yeah. a, that's a problem for somebody else's community to solve i think that it's really <laughs> about how do you encourage yourself how do you build yourself up so that you can show up to spaces full you know yes. and that's something i think about a lot yeah no i think it's i it's it's very powerful and it's it's very intuitive to pursue it that way um Part of what happens when we survive situations is we find ways to survive. We create tools to be able to survive. And some of those tools are distractions to the self, to the pain of your whole experience, right? And so it is very painful um, to be in that. I, 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 I can't say firsthand because that hasn't been my experience, but I can imagine that it's extremely painful and I can identify with the pain that somebody could feel, the depths of the pain that somebody could feel to have gone through that journey and to have that affect you on a mental and physical and emotional level, um, you're going to, you're going to mine for why, why, mm. 
why is this happening? Right. Why is this going on? Why is this person, you know, whatever, whatever, how, how, how can I mm -hmm. situation so that like, I'll get what I need through them. So we start placating them. We start fawning, we start, or we get angry. Right. And we start like dismissing, or we just isolate ourselves. Right. That how, that how could be a decade. Oh. That how could take so much time. Oh my gosh. I, it, it took, it took a lot of my time, honestly, before I realized what was happening. Um, yeah. It can, it can, it can drain. And then you're not even thinking about the, you know, why of your being and the why of what you want to do and how you want to do it and all that. It's really preoccupation completely on the external. None of that is really internal. Yeah. Work. And yes, exactly. And so it, I, I believe that we need to understand who we are and that puts our eyes inward, right? That allows us to have appreciation for our experience. But I also think that when we understand who we are, we can pay attention like you're talking about of how we show up, right? Mm -hmm. So men you're mentoring people by you standing in your power and not allowing the bullshit to distract you. Mm -hmm. So that you continue on your mission because in the end, of course, performance and hustle culture and all of that stuff, like I'm not a fan, but at the same time, we're here for expression, right? Mm -hmm. So what you're talking about is, is an expression that helps to create a movement that helps to change people's lives, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there's, there's obviously abundance that should and will come along with that. And I believe in that. And I believe we're here for great abundance. But I think that every step that you take in your mentoring just towards how you stand in your power and how you conduct your days every single day is the way, right? Mm -hmm. Who wants this guidebook on like how to become a millionaire or how to, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is. And I'm just like, yeah. through that, like I, like people say to me all the time, like, how did you do that? And I'm just like, I don't know, right? I'm not <laughs> but what I'm going to tell you is how I felt and what I did mm. for myself. I had to deconstruct what wasn't in alignment with my truth mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. who I'm here for and who I am here to serve and who I'm connected to. Right. And all of that stuff. And so like, you've created a, a very beautiful way of, of creating that landscape. Um, and, and at the same time, you're not creating a how to for people to achieve whatever their own unique area of abundance and successes, but you're helping people to be able to show up in their more authentic power and who they truly mm -hmm. are. Take the mask away. Be yeah. who you are. Like you said, be a rebel. I love that. I mean, part of that conversation that I had with the client, I, I was just like, and this is where you say, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I right? mean, sometimes just the courage to just like almost like close your eyes and see yourself the way you see yourself in an environment that may not see you at all is so powerful and if there's one person in that room that's also feeling like you if they can see you do that 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 is worth every bit of the the hard that is part of doing that action it's worth it because you may not be successful at whatever you're trying to achieve, but you trying to achieve it 
you will inspire 20 other people to try to achieve something. And that's just such a big deal. I mean, last year it was so insane. Like I was in an accelerator raising money, um, you know, preparing to launch my product. I was very pregnant. I did demo day in an accelerator at seven months pregnant. So I'm like big and pregnant walking the stage. I already have a kid. So that was my second child. So it was just like a lot. And my husband, I, we have this thing where during different seasons of life, I say, this is what I need to hear all the time. So if you see me looking like I just can't even, then you need to tell me this phrase. This is your phrase to just say to me whenever I'm, I'm just not, I'm not at the right place. And the phrase was um, last year, imagine the power of telling this story. And that was before I had any interviews. That was before any podcast. That was before any of the things that have happened since I said, that's what I need to hear. Because I can't necessarily anchor in. I know for sure, 100% positive, this is going to work. I just, but I can say, I know for sure that me pursuing this with the way that I'm pursuing it will be powerful for someone to see. And that is the thing I can anchor in and know for sure will happen. And that like really carries me. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. And I, um, I, I love that you both have that, you know, <laughs> text conversation, right. Where it's just like, okay, so if you see me wobbly, like say this, you know, because mm-hmm. we all, we all, that's a beautiful partnership. Um, because it's about, it's, a, it's about transparency. It's about knowing that like, we're, especially we're, when we're straddling what we know and what we don't know, we can, mm-hmm all of the fears and all of the worst case scenarios. And, and plus you, you know, being seven months pregnant, you know, hormones are raging. Yeah. It was a lot going on. (laughs) And so I I love that you, you have that. Um, And I, and I, you know, I've started again, doing a lot of public speaking and, and I, which I love other than like podcasting or whatever, but like in front of audiences and, and, um, and you know, people will say, are you nervous? And do you have your speech memorized and all this stuff? And I, I just meditate and Mm. I just say whatever is going to be said, I'll I'll have things that I want to talk about, but I don't have anything memorized. And I just say, whatever comes through me, let me be an instrument. Right. And Mm. I may walk away and be like, I have no idea what that meant. Right. Like I have no <laughs> idea why I said what I just said, but not shaming myself, but just saying, like, wow, that's the magic of being an instrument, of mm. surrendering to the fact that you are an instrument. Mm. Right. And so what comes through you, it may not even make any sense to you whatsoever for the here and now of what you're there to speak on and whatever the event is, but it makes complete sense for the energy and the vibration of the people who need it the most. Yeah, that's good. So I, I love that you're so intuitive, right? Like you're, you're even, like you're just like, yeah, I just, you know, I just do this. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I think uh, being in environments that are not built for you to succeed, in fact, maybe built for you to not succeed on a consistent basis, but being committed to joy, it takes a lot. It, it, it just is. It's like the Navy SEAL experience of life, you know, like, oh my gosh, it is. It's tight. It's tried and tested. You know what I mean? So it, it it's deep. It's not surface level. It's like, no, I had to go through a lot to yeah. be in this space um, mentally. And 
you know, I think that that's helpful because this journey is not easy. Entrepreneurship is really challenging. And so, uh, you know, I'm leaning on all those tools that I have gained. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, but the nuance about the way that you're going about this is that you are not going to ever allow yourself to go and live in survival anymore. Mm -hmm. You're, you're mm -hmm. in a pursuit of joy and your mm -hmm. joy is like going through Navy SEAL training, which is, I think, seven years, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Of, of, been, been alive a little longer than that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but, um, but when you're in the pursuit of joy, you're always connected to something bigger and greater, right? Mm -hmm. And so there is, there's, and there's always a choice, right? It provides you choice and choices provide you with freedom, right? So it takes yes. a, way it takes away the suffering it takes away the survival although we do have to survive certain circumstances it's just part of part of we're we're, we're scientifically designed to be able to survive um but but we're not meant to stay in that all the time and that's not where the good stuff comes you know um yeah we're not we're not and i mean a lot of people don't have a choice like a lot of people are forced into survival mode because of their circumstance and they're in it longer than they thought they would be there and they try stuff and the stuff they try doesn't work. And, um, and so I, I know what that feels like to be in that space. And I think you can even have joy there. You're going to work a lot harder for it, but it's not impossible. It is possible even there. And I think that for me, it's an exercise that I do. In fact, I was just talking to, I have a coach yesterday and it's just like writing a list of things I know to be true, like for a fact, mm. like I know for sure that doing this work, someone else will see it and it will encourage them yeah. to do the thing that they want to do like mm -hmm. that. I know that for a fact, right? Yeah. Like I know that yeah. courage is contagious. I know that for a fact, you know, these are the different things. Like I know my children will be able to benefit from this part of my story um, mm -hmm. as an example for them as they go through their lives and the pursuit of things that that make them feel good. Um, so these are like the things like even in the trenches, you can have that. That stuff will still give you joy, even in like the low, hard places. I just want to say that because I think sometimes, you know, even with podcasts and different public appearances and stuff, it can feel like, oh, you know, this is about leveling up to your best self. And uh, even in your worst year, you can have joy. In your worst year, you can inspire people. In your worst year, you can choose to invest in a healthy marriage and a healthy family and a healthy you, and you can just do the work. And it's going to be hard, but it'll be hard anyway. At least you'll have some things to cling to and, and be proud of. Yeah. And you know, you're worth it. The time is going to pass regardless yes. and you're worth it. You're worth the investment. And I think that that's the part that you, even when it's hard and when you are surviving circumstances, and I think we all, whoever's living and breathing has survived challenging circumstances. I mean, we all just came through a pandemic mm -hmm. um, and, and at the same time, there's joy in the journey of the pursuit because it's an investment of self. Mm -hmm. um, I love that you're worth it. That's so real. Oh, that just that I felt that <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I went to get, I, I got my master's degree, like when I was much older adult 
And my mom looked at me and she was just like, what are you going to do? How are you going to pay it back? What da, da, da. And, I, and she was, that's a lot of money. And I was like, I am worth it. Hmm. I'm worth the investment. I'm worth the investment of time and the hard work and all of that stuff. It's for me so that I can show up better for others. You, you can't go wrong with that recipe. I love that so right? much. So yeah. um, uh, I, I love your spirit. It is, <laughs> it's just so... Stephanie, you're, you're so understated with, <laughs> I'm like, and that's not the thing that I'm saying I love the most about you, but I'm just saying like, you were just literally dropping all of these gems, right? And you're just like, and then here and then there, and you're just, you know, da, 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 da. and, but the journey that you've had to go through to get to this place is, is phenomenal. And the thing that I love is that in the face of someone saying, well, this is just the way it is, right? So mm -hmm. you moved older. This is just the way it is. You are the only minority woman at this, you know, place. This is just the way it is, right? Go to hair salons and sorry, we can't serve. This is just the way it is here, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. hell no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay. So I think one thing that I like and that I, I, I'd like to spend, I hope that Crown Hunt can be an example of this. this is like something I think about when I think about the future is I love the idea of encouraging people, institutions, companies, corporations that don't care. Because some people will say, oh my goodness, I didn't think of this. I'm so glad you brought this to my awareness. I yeah. want to make that change. Great. That's wonderful. But yeah. then there's many more that will be like, well, we'll see if that works before we put any investment in that because it has to, there's more of a bottom line approach versus mm -hmm. um, making sure you serve people. Um, mm -hmm. I love convincing that group that yeah. this was the thing by showing them all the money that they left on the table I think that is a beautiful thing it is because the like the truth is I, I care about diversity and inclusion from a very deep place I believe in it my life is an example of it in a whole bunch of different ways uh, but also to be really straight up it's economically sound we are in a country my son who's five his generation right now is the first generation of majority minority. That means that his generation, they're already born, is more brown than they are white. So if you aren't including, mm -hmm. that's going to cost you some money. Yeah. And of course, that's sometimes the only language that somebody is going to hear. It's the and it's and you know what? By hook or crook, if we get with the society we need, then that's fine. There will be a big chunk of people who feel it from a hard place. There will be some people who feel it from peer pressure. And there will be some people who feel it from pocket pressure. We'll take them all because we need our society to be a better place for my kids. Okay. <laughs> right. I totally agree. I totally agree. And, you know, to your point, I was just looking at um, some of the statistics that you had shared. And it was just like, what is it? Um, black women's hair? care is like a three billion dollar industry it is the largest industry it is the largest like dollar amount in all hair industry um yeah they they spend the most money on hair products and services out of the entire country um and i should say we spend the most um 
But also, I think this is a, st a stat that most people don't know and are surprised by, but 65% of this country has curly hair. That's over 200 million people. This is not a Black thing. Oh, yeah. It's not even a brown thing. It's a literally, I, it's an American thing. It, it is. My my daughters have curly hair. I have curly hair. I mean, it's, yeah. So uh, everywhere I go, people are like, yeah, it, it is pretty hard with curly hair. So there's a history <laughs> and there's cultural element, but there's also just like a, what is going on? <laughs> like, can we please just serve everybody? Yeah. It makes way more economical sense. And they're figuring it out now. That's why you see a lot of changes happening. Um, but I'm excited about the world ahead. We're in an interesting time in our country. There's a lot of things that feel intense and nerve wracking and maybe even hopeless to some people. Um, but I think that there is a lot of hope. There's a lot of um, courage actually happening with people in ways that maybe we weren't empowered to have that kind of courage in the past and and the country will be better for it the whole country everyone will benefit yeah A country the world is true gonna, true we're all so connected now and from um an energetic and spiritual perspective we are mm -hmm. literally the more we shine our light the more we can find mm -hmm across the globe right and the more power that we can add into this positive momentum going forward right mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be anything you know crazy it just is literally just showing up it's just mm -hmm. showing up and having hope like you said and instilling hope is literally going to save lives right this is yeah. not a, this is a this is a real tangible thing that just by not being fake, like you said, it's not about being fake and pretending that everything is okay and all of that stuff, but it's about being in the discomfort, being living in the truth, but also saying, and mm -hmm. I'm still going to go forward. I'm still going to have hope. I'm still going to show up. I'm still going to serve. I'm still going to do my thing. I'm going to stay focused on what's in my heart. And yeah, because I'm worth it. Like you said. It. Yeah. You know, you that's, that's like a great. I love that oh, I because love people that. always say like, um, I am enough. I am worthy. Those are common affirmations. And I remember there was a season of my life where I was like, I don't really know what that means. Like, I, I mean, it's not that I was sure I didn't feel like I was those things. I didn't know what that looked like in practice. Yeah. And what I think you're saying is really powerful because these actions that we take, these these moments of when you're deciding, you know what, I am going to go to grad school. It's like, well, what if it's a mistake? What if you're in debt? What if you never can pay it back? What if you don't get the job you imagined? Blah, 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 blah. There's like a million of those, right? But the I am enough and the I am worthy is like that the thing that's in here that I desire that feels like it's pulling towards me, I'm, enough, I'm worthy of finding out what's on the other side. Right. I think that's so powerful um, to put yourself at the center of that is, is really, that's good. I'm gonna think about that for a while. <laughs> good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad this Stephanie, you're, you're just such a beautiful human being and soul. And it's Thank been you. so, so, so wonderful. And I'm thrilled to have our community meet you and to introduce you to our community. And now you're part of it. So <laughs> it's, I hope Yay. you like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I think it's been a joy. It's so good. It, it it has been such a joy to to connect with you and and just have this conversation and let it flow the way that it did. Um, 
And I just want to make sure though, is there anything that you'd like to mention um, coming forward? Is there anything that you'd like to let our, our listeners know? Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, you can go to, if you're a stylist and you want to learn how to style curls, uh, you can go to crownhunt.io. Um, but you can also follow us on Instagram at crownhunt. And uh, on there, whether you're a stylist or if you have curly hair, I told you guys, hint, hint, we got stuff coming for consumers. So if you're a consumer, uh, you know, it'd be good to go on there as well. We can see beautiful hairstyles and inspiration. And then at Stephanie LaFlora on Instagram is my uh, account. And I'm just there encouraging folks, trying to get people to um, feel like they're worthy of the thing that's in their heart and to keep on moving. And I keep it real about what I'm doing. So uh, those are the places to find us. Yeah, I love it. And I did, I checked out your Instagram and it's, you're spot on. You literally are just showing up. You're just showing up and you're just breathing hope into people and just saying, hey, listen, we're doing this, right? Um, and you can do it. And yeah, and the worthiness is all there in, in woven through everything. So thank you so much for doing what you're doing. And thank, thank you. you so much for having such a wonderful um, way of alchemizing, right? your, your challenges, your barriers, the things that were put there that you didn't create. And you were just like, I'm just going to step right over this and uh, <laughs> pardon me. <laughs> Sometimes I got to knock them down, you know, right. <laughs> that too. Next time you let me know, I'll give you some muscle over there too. <laughs> okay. Don't say it if you don't mean it. <laughs> I mean it. I mean it. I am. I'm, I love, I love my village. I really do. And I, I like to show up for people. So thank you so much. It's been such a joy to have you. And I can't wait for people to connect with you. If you have any questions for Stephanie, please make sure that you write a comment. Um, uh, we love engagement. So uh, we definitely, you know, want to hear your questions and want to hear your curiosities, but please be sure to check out all of her um, handles and check out her user um, application that's coming out soon or be, have your eyes on it for, for what's coming out soon. Stephanie, thank you so much again. And to everybody, peace and love and continue to go out there and express yourselves as much as you can. Do not be afraid if you're the only one thinking what you're thinking or the only one in the room wanting to do what you wanna do, do it anyhow, all right? Lots of love.